Welcome to Flavor Text, a podcast which explores the lore and stories of Arkham Horror, the Living Card Games campaigns. I'm Krabby Terror 8, and I'm joined by my erstwhile co host, Kevling. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not not too bad. It's uh, nights are drawing in, and it's getting to a chilly fourteen degrees here in Sydney. So I've got a roaring fire, and I'm wearing two jumpers. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're the opposite here in the UK. We the uh, ah yes, the, the days are getting lighter. The weather's getting warmer. Lockdown is unlocking. Yeah. Life yeah. is starting yeah. to return to normal. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So it's a balmy five degrees at the moment, isn't something it? Something like that, yes, yes. Yes, <laughs> I'm in T-shirt and shorts. A T-shirt? Not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are with a brand new podcast. So... <laughs> Yeah, what's this all about um, then? Yeah, yeah. Why are we doing this? Like, you know what it is. I just realised there are no podcasts for Arkham Horror: The Living Card Game. There aren't any. So, no, like, there's already a bazillion podcasts. <laughs> so there's lots of podcasts already and and things. But one thing I noticed is that, um, at least I'm not aware that anybody's sort of tackling Arkham Horror: The Card Game from the perspective of sort of lore and stories. So I'm not talking about um, H.P. Lovecraft stories here. I'm talking about the lore and the stories within the campaigns themselves. And so I noticed that nobody is, you know, really sort of talking about those and talking about how the stories progress, you know, within within the game, within the campaigns. It's, you know, really sort of focusing on that. So I thought that people would really enjoy that. So I thought it was a real opportunity to to, 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 to do that as, as a podcast rather than, say, you know, in-depth uh, YouTube videos or something like that. So that's sort of where it, that's where the sort of the thoughts uh, came from. Yeah, I think it's also useful to talk about how the mechanics all fit in as well and how they help in, in telling that story rather than gameplay guide as such. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's a lot of talk about any particular scenario, how to kind of, you know, optimise your gameplay, how to do it. You know, there's a bazillion, you know, YouTubes and and, and podcasts about, you know, how to actually play the particular scenario. And you hear often on those that people will sort of refer to the story a bit. But like you say, there's not often a conversation about, do the mechanics of what you have to do in the scenario align with the story or mm. not really? You know, there's not really much of a sort of conversation about that. So um, I, I think that's a that's quite a useful thing for to, to chat about, really, because it's something that I, I certainly have an interest in. And uh, I know talking to you that that's something that, that uh, is fun to think about. So, yeah. It's also worth stressing, and uh, I'm certainly no Arkham expert. Um, I know you have many, many podcast uh, episodes behind you, of not podcasts, YouTube videos behind you. You've uh, played uh, Night of the Zealot to its death, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, it was, this is certainly not the place to come to for gameplay tips or deck building advice, because uh, that's that's the area of the game. Rather strangely, I... I I'm not really that bothered about deck building. I enjoy the game itself, the narrative, the story, how it all plays out. The actual yeah. building of yeah. your deck is the less interesting aspect for me, and I end up just stealing them off the internet. 
Yeah. 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 Well, well, I, I, I have to say, based based on the League of Extraordinary Investigators, which which um, which which you and I um, are involved with, and particularly you, you you run the whole show on that, really. Um, I've come last nearly all the time, so and I'm not far I behind. Not, I, <laughs> that's right. So I, I uh, and that's why I play the Gathering and the Midnight Masks over and over again because at least I know what I'm doing. Because <laughs> I am not, I am not good. I'm not good at gameplay either, and I'm particularly not interested so much like you in. Oh, I want to optimize my deck, and I want to play this perfectly. Uh, I, I mean, I can understand why some people want to do that. But for me, like you, it's the story that's sort of more interesting in a way than the um, the gameplay itself. There's a there's an iconic video game. You probably know it, L.A. Noir. Do you know, oh, do you yes. know that video yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. Which which actually, actually, even though it was Rockstar, it was actually created in Australia of all places. Um, the thing about that game is I love L.A. Noir, but I hate the gameplay. And I think it would have been a much <laughs> better game as, a, as an adventure, point-and-click adventure game with, with sort of, yes. you know, elements. Of, 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 of sort of interrogation I think the problem is that the gameplay which I think Rockstar sort of insisted on running around trying to shoot things gets in the way of actually what's a pretty decent story Definitely. Um, and in fact some people say the story of LA Noir is, is that um, Cole Phelps is in purgatory he's actually dead and he's sort of replaying an LA in his sort of mind as he's in purgatory trying to kind of come to terms with his own mortality and his own death which is sort of a a really interesting way Mm. of thinking about that video game but I think the point I'm trying to make is uh, you know often the gameplay itself and trying to optimize gameplay well for me I'm not very good at that so I'm less interested in that kind of thing like you I think the other thing we talked about is and it's kind of a bit um, a bit sad in a way, but I think a lot of the flavor text, hence the podcast, is actually not appreciated in Arkham Horror, the card game. I think that a lot of the story is brought to life by the text on the actual cards that are used in the scenario. And it's natural, isn't it? As as you play the game, you'd flip the card, right, what do I do next? And you want to just move on and progress. But I mean... There's there's a small group of us playing our local game store, at least one we did before lockdown, and mm. there was one member of our group, Alex, he would always, we'd flip the card over and we'd be racing along and he'd go, hey, stop, flavour text. <laughs> <laughs> he made sure we read every piece of flavour text out to set the scene properly and get a feel for ah. the story as it progressed. Right, because I, I don't do that normally. Does it make a difference when you do that? Does it really make a di- big difference? It depends how much you're paying attention, if I'm honest, who's reading the card and how right. well, how, how much they put into it. And uh, <laughs> Particularly for the big the big reveals and things, it's always good to, uh, to do that. I mean, when it's just yeah. describing a stain on the floor, maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I i agree i think a lot of it i don't know because i i haven't i've not i mean the opening the, the the sort of starting space i think gets a bit more attention um and if if a particular card is full of mechanics if it's mechanic heavy it gets attention but a lot of uh you know arkham horror the card game is full of empty rooms with furniture and fireplaces in them that 
you know, or sort of dusty museum rooms. And there's flavor text there, but I'm not sure, like you say, anybody actually reads it a lot of a lot of the time. And it's a pity because someone's obviously taken the time, put in quite a bit of effort to, you know, to, to, to sort of bring these locations to life. It's usually locations. Yeah, I'm just having a, I'm just having a quick flick through a couple now. And often it's, it is just like a Lovecraft quote. So, yeah, okay, it is a sort right. of giving you a sense of the feeling, whatever. Mm. But often it is descriptive text that does add to the story and the environment. And that's what we named the podcast for, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and what I'm hoping is that um, people will sort of use the podcast almost like if they play, they would then listen to the podcast maybe after the scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. To to sort of to sort of help help sort of bring some of those things to life. Uh, sort of enrich the experience because in the immediate moment when you're playing, I think you said this before, you're flipping cards. It's like, what's the shroud value? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's an enemy, you know, one one space away. You get into this very... You're just looking at it tactically, aren't you? Like, how do, how do I deal with this situation? Yeah, without... Yeah. Do not... That imp- well, I can't think of the word... Without letting the environment soak in almost and getting the full yep. picture. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's fair enough because you're, you're trying to cope with whatever's happening at, at, at the time. I think there's there are, I mean, I'm just thinking from memory, there's the odd scenario in the odd campaign where it, it kind of happens, it's more, it's more intermeshed. Uh, and we haven't got there, but I think about the Last King, that sort of party scenario where mm. you're sort of that feels like the story and the gameplay just flows together because of the nature of that particular scenario. You know what I mean? Um, but I think a lot of the time it's not so straightforward because you're trying to do so many, like you say, there's a lot of ta- tactical. Uh, and and just things to do and have to be done to sort of make the whole thing happen that the story can kind of get lost in, in yes. the yeah. in that focus and that flow in that way yeah yeah so that's i guess is that why we're doing it <laughs> i guess that's why you see a whole lot of people going ah i'm not convinced <laughs> shaking their heads and he's pressing the pressing the stop button. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> right. That's right. Unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but yeah, if if that sounds like something people are interested in, then feel free to follow along with us as we sort of unpick all of these stories and how everything fits together. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it, it'd be really awesome to 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 hear what people think, and we'll 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 leave some. Obviously, we'll give you some opportunity. Well, at the end of this, we'll have some ways that you can give us feedback as well as we as we go along. Um, so, Kevling, what gives? Like, we've talked a little bit about our experience with Arkham Horror. What, what? So, so maybe we just just circle back to that. You know, some of the listeners might be thinking. So, what have you guys ever done in Arkham Horror: The Living Card Game? <laughs> so, maybe maybe you want to give people a bit of a bit of a cv arkham horror living card game right okay perspective yeah i think i probably got into arkham about three years ago um Hmm. i i was sort of looking for 
I mean, I'm a big fan of the old, you know, choose your own adventure books, those sorts of things. Yeah. The narrative story with decisions and branching paths and things like that. And and I think it was the shut mm. up and sit down review of Arkham Horror that sort of piqued my interest. So uh, I got the um, I got the core set like about, about probably about this time, three years ago, in fact. And I th- think we, I think in terms of releases, I think it was probably mid Carcosa. I think it was. Out so obviously there was no point in me diving into a a campaign part way through so I was playing um, the mm. corset and, and enjoying it and then Forgotten Age came out and so that was my first campaign my first proper campaign and what an introduction to Arkham Horror that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but um, die die yes yeah you, you you've not got enough trauma there would you like some more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. The way it um, it just piled on all these extra mechanics and things, and however brutal it was, it was you know batting as a fire almost into into Arkham. And then uh, from then on, I was sort of caught up on Dunwich and Cocker as a while, also working through the scenarios as they released. So I'm pretty much up to date. I uh, we we have some strange um, release dates over here in the UK. I've just I got my final pack of. Um, Innsmouth last week and oh, I'm getting okay. the next yeah. to last one next week uh, so for some reason for some reason six came out before five here in the UK so uh, oh. everybody's oh. out of sequence here <laughs> right because what are we up to now with with Innsmouth we're up to it's the last one which one we're up to yeah oh, I've, got, I've okay. got the last pack here in my hand into the maelstrom um, but then right, pack right, five right. got skipped for some reason and he's out I think I'm picking that up next week, hopefully. But I have right. play-wise, I haven't even started Innsmouth. Um, right. As you know, I've, I've moved house recently, so everything's been upside down. But I now finally have a dedicated space I can play, and I can leave a game set up in, which mm. I've never had that luxury before. It was always play a game. Oh no, I'm on the dining table. I've got to clear away afterwards. But now I've got a dedicated space. I can start a campaign. I can leave it set up. I can keep coming back to it. So. In theory, oh, that's awesome. that means I can play more. <laughs> Whether that reality <laughs> transpires, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I suppose the only other thing is, obviously, there's the League of Extraordinary Investigators, which was your idea, um, and I came along and helped out with the admin of that. And yeah, it's a solo competitive campaign where we'll run through a campaign. Uh, everybody will live stream their own play. Uh, so that no one can be mm-hmm. accused of cheating, uh, and then you score someone else's pay, play and penalise them for any errors. Um, we're on yeah. our sixth season now. We've just started the Dream Eaters. Can you believe it? Can, I know. Can you believe it? Six seasons. Oh, Six seasons goodness. of coming last and next to last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> like I say, it's. It's an opportunity. It's an encouragement to play more Arkham, and also mm. it's a brilliant way of learning the game because there are some incredible players on there who, yeah. s- similar to what you were referencing earlier, will um, optimize their mm. deck to the nth degree to to play out perfectly. And just watching some of those yeah. games in action is absolutely brilliant, and it, and it, it it just helps you improve your own game as well. Very very slightly, maybe third from bottom <laughs> instead of second from bottom, maybe. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, just some of the. I mean, you know, um, just sometimes, just some of the ways they think think through. I mean, I hadn't even considered some of the things that some of those guys do. So, uh, 
yeah, it, it, it really is quite awe-inspiring <laughs> to, to, to see them play that out like that. So, uh, yeah. So what yeah. about you then, Robin? What about uh, your Arkham story? I remember um, I bought the, um, the original... Um, Arkham Horror board game from the 80s as well so oh, yeah. I, I was sort of yeah yeah I was invested in the game back then but so when Arkham Horror the the card game came out I'd been I played Magic in the past Magic the Gathering so I had some experience with with sort of collectible card games and I remember I got it but then I didn't do anything with it and then my 50th on my 50th birthday we went away uh, yeah, I'm giving away my age now. Fiftieth <laughs> birthday, we went away, and um, and like I had some time, and I, I um, so I I tried out the gathering, and uh, I was hooked. Um, like just this, this is just fantastic. This is really what I'm looking for. Um, and then so since then, I've I've you know really quite involved with it. But again, that was sort of mid Carcosa, I guess. And then you're right, the first campaign that I remember. Um, was the Forgotten Age, but I didn't buy the Forgotten Age for a while, so I didn't get to that for quite a while because I played through the other ones right. first. So it was in that way. So uh, and yeah, since then the the obviously the the league, um, you know, you and I set up up the league, and then um, I've I've been doing these uh, investigator games videos uh, on YouTube on the out of ammo out of time and in-depth video sort of analyzing the gathering and midnight mass and i think that's where the inspiration for the podcast came from because i didn't you know the thought of having to do that for every scenario for every campaign <laughs> i just thought this is going to kill me i can't do that so uh, and, and it just felt like it, it was all a bit too much to, to to do that so the other thing that inspired me was before um arkham horror the living card game I was a huge fan of Dark Souls, the video game. And I don't know if you've played Dark Souls at all, but um, the thing that it does is it doesn't do exposition much. It sort of buries the story within, you know, if you pick up a weapon, there'll be a little flavor text that explains something. And so people have sort of jigsaw-like put the lore together through the flavor text. So if you play the game, you don't think there's much story at all, but it's all yeah. there, but it's all underneath the surface. And I was sort of really inspired by by that as well, because once you know the story and how it sort of plays out, it leads to a much more enriching experience. So I think I think that also inspired me a lot as well. Yeah, and I'm also a big fan of survival horror. So Silent Hill, um, Resident Evil, those sorts of video game sequel, um, um, you know, I played all the Silent Hill uh, series, uh, even though some of them are terrible. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Silent Hill 2 for me is a masterpiece. It's an incredible video game. And so those also feed into uh, my, my passion for Arkham Horror because I think there's some alignments there, I guess, in, in that way as well. So, yeah, that's my... That's my background, I suppose. Yeah. Fantastic. Hmm. So, um, so I suppose, um, so, so, okay. So we've talked about sort of why we're doing it and sort of why we think we've got the creds to to, to do it. (laughs) What, what, so how are we going to tackle this, Kevling? How are we, what's our plan in terms of how we're going to sort of go about 
tackling the because a lot of lot of scenarios, lots of campaigns. Yeah. So, I mean, our, our, our rough plan, I think. Um, well, your mm. plan, really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm just the hired help. Um, yeah, we're going to take a, a scenario at a time. We're going to start off with with Dunwich uh, and then work through yep. each of the scenarios, uh, and then, like we said earlier, get a feeling for how the how the story plays out as the scenario plays, mm. how how the various mechanics that are introduced in each scenario mm. either support or hinder the actual narrative elements of the of the scenario. I think that's that's the aim, isn't it? Just to to, yes. to work out and, and discuss which which scenarios do well at that sort of thing and which ones mm. maybe need some improvement. Yeah, yeah, and uh, exactly, that's exactly it. And also, uh, I think some scenarios link to each other better than others. Sometimes there seems to be, you know, you go from one scenario to the next and it feels like a natural flow. Yes. But in others, it feels like a bit like, oh, I've done this. Oh, you've got to go and do this. But they, it tells you to go and do that, but the kind of the the reason to believe if you like because of course with all these stories you're in a way you're kind of suspending disbelief feels like it's much it's harder work to, to, to sort of do that um because of course with any story you could go well you're in a house oh you've just been transported to the moon because you got on a rock i mean you could write that and you can make someone yes, do that yes. but it doesn't feel very credible if you're you on do the moon that. because we so. have the idea that you go to the moon not because it makes any narrative sense yes <laughs> that's, that's right. yeah. so uh I, I i i that's an extreme example but i think within campaigns some things flow better than others and some campaigns yes. do that better than others i think and uh it's so uh, i think sometimes they can be they can be a little bit like a series of disconnected scenarios and sometimes they can feel much more natural in the way that they flow yeah we, we, we were playing a, a, a campaign recently weren't we? i won't i won't give it away mm. which one it is uh because that will spoil <laughs> future episodes but we had a, yes. a very same discussion, didn't we, as we were playing through this? It's like it's like a series of unrelated episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sort of the lemony snicket of, uh, of, of <laughs> a series of unrelated events or something. Yet, um, it, yeah, whereas with other campaigns, and I mean, obviously, the more you play them, but I have a much more clearer map in my head of the narrative story beats and how they link together you know what I mean? It, yes. It, yeah. It it, it 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 feels like a much more. Even though all of the scenarios send you into all kinds of wild and woolly places, you never start where you finish. You know, or finish where you start. I don't think. Um, but it's just how they kind of take you there. That's um, that's that's yeah. That's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I I completely agree. And and you know, I was thinking about this because. You know, it's. I, I would. I, I. I don't envy because I. I, I want to make it clear, like you say, we're, we're we're no experts at the game, but we're also. I'm no expert at actually creating these stories. I don't know how they go about doing the doing it. So I want to really make the point that you know, even though we might be criticizing that sometimes it comes from a place of respect and love because oh, to do this i mean it, it, it's a hell of a feat to put this kind of thing together i don't know how they do it because 
it just feels mind-boggling. You know, if, if you and I had to sit down and sort of, you know, whiteboard <laughs> this kind of thing, it would be it would be a nightmare, wouldn't it, to try and put this kind of thing together? It would. You must have spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, I remember there was a, a, a guy who put together a, an app. I think it was an Android app that kind of allowed... And I think he gave up after when he got to Forgotten Age because, you know, he literally had programmed all the different, you know, op- different branching paths and things and tried to make it comprehensive. But he said it got so complex and so difficult to do that he just gave up. It was just too much of a, too much of a challenge to do that, um, to try and cover everything off and make sure that all the individual bits were all sort of tied together. Um, I, guess, I guess that's part of the genius of this game, isn't it? Is, ha- is that it, the design mm. is so broad that it has that level of flexibility that each campaign can be completely different and mm. uh, have different mechanics that can flow in completely different ways. And I'm looking forward to yeah. picking some of that. Yeah, yeah, because I was thinking that in a way, when it comes to the story, the game, the game design itself has kind of four ways of telling the story. And not only has it got the four ways, but those four ways have to kind of all work together, you know, because obviously there's the exposition, which is the stuff that's written in the little book, you know, that you read at the beginning. Sometimes you read a bit in the middle. Sometimes you read and you read it at the end. So there's those bits, which are sort of usually the set up the story and kind of end the story. Uh, And they're sort of, I guess, you know, I mean, there's multiple strands, you know, R1, R2, R3, and that kind of thing. So there's that. But then on top of that, just if that wasn't enough, then there's the agenda and the act deck, which act like a little book. Yeah. And they have like a little story in them as well and sort of competing stories or competing perspectives, or sometimes they work together. So so they, there's a story sort of as you're playing Kind of unfolding on the agenda and the act deck, and the the story within the act in the agenda can be different depending on your previous decisions as well. Exactly. So there's the the sort of story that hangs on the outside, and sometimes during, and then you've got the agenda and the act deck, and then you've got the we talked about it before. There's text on scenario cards. Sometimes the back of, you know. NPC cards have got bits of story on them. There's the flavor text, you know. Wow, there you go. There's that podcast again. That flavor (laughs) text, you know. (laughs) You know, and that's all got to kind of tie in as well. And then there's the play itself because, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, when when we're playing a scenario and I'm playing scenario, depending on which investigators you're using, you're creating bits of story in the moment as well, you know, sort of, you know, oh, look, Min just, you know, failed that failed that test and this has happened and you know what I mean? Or somebody runs over to, to, to help her or whatever it is. So there's this other sort of created story and sometimes that works well and sometimes it doesn't really work within the context of the rest of the story. So there's this sort of story at all these different levels. It's really really bloody complicated when when I really thought about it and how they managed to do all of that. I just don't know because it's, you know, so full respect to them (laughs) in that way. 
And I think as well, I know we've, we've said, we mentioned earlier that some of the scenarios maybe don't do work so well in how they fit together, but they're still brilliant. Mm. It, it, it's it's mm. like the worst of Arkham Horror is better than so many other games. It's just an absolutely brilliant yeah. game and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is fantastic. I wonder whether, um, I mean, it's not for the, I wonder whether they're going to move away from the 1920s setting and maybe start using other times and uh, things that you know, interesting to wonder whether they'll uh, they'll start branching out uh, think, in that way uh, I think have, have they not already on some of the standalones I've got a feeling the blob might be in a different time period I might be wrong on oh that. really I might be right wrong. right it might only actually you right decade or so but it's not Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. It's not 1920. Again, I've only played it once, but uh... right, right, right. Well, that actually begs a question because um, I hadn't thought about this till now. But how uh, those standalone scenarios—the Rougarous, the uh, the um, the Excelsior hotels and things—are we going to cover those at some stage or what? Um. I don't see why not. Um, mm. I don't have them all. I only have the later ones. I don't have the earlier ones because they're much harder to get hold of nowadays. But I think I have everything uh, yeah. from Blob onwards. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, definitely. I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, un- yeah. Un- unless yeah. unless this dies a death of lack of interest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's get through Dunwich first. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I just, just, just sort of pity the poor person who loves it. You know, the only one, and they, you know, they get to, they get halfway through Forgotten Age, and suddenly it just stops. You know, like no, come back, no. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the other thing that's that's come to mind. Sorry, these are just coming up just off the top of my head. <laughs> Not only are there four stories, but then Arkham Horror, the living card game developers, decide to go back to stories yes. with return twos and do it all again. <laughs> so that's the other thing is that often they're changing up the story, uh, revising it. Um, I, I must admit I haven't played much of the return twos, Um uh, so that's also interesting because I don't know whether they mess with stories very much with the return to us or it's mainly just mechanical changes or differences. I'm not sure. I, th- I think I think it's probably the latter. Um, uh, like you, I, I I played through Return to Dunwich because we did that on the league, I think, if I remember right. Uh, but yeah. I haven't done any of the others. Uh, I'm... Well, I played. Mm. I played Return to Zealot, Return to the Night of the Zealot, and I played Return to Dunwich. Mm. Uh, but it's mainly my storage solution. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And I don't recall Return to Dunwich or being qualitative from a story perspective, at least being qualitatively that different. But I could be wrong. So I think obviously once we've you know once we've sort of gone through the main scenarios, I'm not see why we. We couldn't do a, you know, like an episode that, that looks at the return twos and 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 how they. So I understand the, the return. Yeah, the return to the, the forgotten age. One episode, sort of thing. You mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the return to the forgotten age, just from what people have been saying, sounds like it does some pretty big changes to some of the story. 
Um, but that seems like that might be more unusual than the others. So I don't. Know. I remember seeing a tweet from um, MJ saying something like, "If you, if you, if you, if you liked Forgotten Age, you will like Return mm. to Forgotten Age. If you hated Forgotten Age, right. you will really like Return to Forgotten Age." Something along oh. those lines. So um, I get the impression right. that it did fix a lot of things that people struggled with. But I can't. I haven't played it yet, so I can't complain. Can't comment. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's why they've replaced the snakes with unicorns. I wondered. It was a thing they'd done. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think. Is there anything else? I think we've sort of laid out the why we're doing it and what we're going to be talking about was there anything else that you had kevling that you have you there's one thing we uh, have you got a forgot uh, a forgotten have you got a favorite campaign i do i do uh and it very is clearly my favorite campaign and i'm not alone in in this but um carcosa is uh, hands down my favorite campaign um from from a story perspective uh in particular um i just i just think i don't know i don't know how the stars were aligned when they did carcosa but for me um it it it, it just seems to flow we're talking about that flow before it just seems to flow particularly well and it engages the player with the story in ways which are quite creative and, mm. and interesting. Um, I haven't thought about why, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about why. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, that through the, through doing this podcast, I've come to understand what elements about Carcosa make it, for me anyway, um, particularly special i don't think i'm alone in thinking that so definitely for me i don't really have i don't really have a favorite as such but i have very fond memories of forgotten age because that was my first proper campaign that was my that the my 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 introduction to arkham proper so to speak and like i said Mm. what a brutal introduction that was um (laughs) so yeah um it's it's probably more a fondness of more not sounds sounds wrong to say nostalgia, but uh, mm. yeah, I think mm. I think that was it for me. It's because it was the it was the first the first glimpse I saw of what Arkham could be above and beyond yep, what the yep. base game was. Uh, and yeah. I mean, obviously, we saw how the game evolved going from um, Gathering to Midnight Mass to Devour Below. But then to leap straight into a full campaign, and then you see all the tools and the tricks they can play with to uh, to really mess around, and all the extra mechanics they introduce, and it's just, yeah, I, I, the flexibility of the system is just amazing. Mm, it, it it is. You're right. Yeah, yeah, and and I agree with you. I like I like. I, I like Forgotten Age from a story perspective more than I think from a gameplay experience yes, yes. perspective. Uh, uh, I, I, and I, uh, I, I'm really interested to, 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 to revisit that. The more I play it, the more comfortable I am with it as well. I think I heard on um, Drawn to the Flame that they were saying it's, it's, a, it's a campaign where you've just got to be comfortable with taking 
damage and horror and you know yes. you've just got to be okay okay with that and if you can accept that then you can really sort of start to relax and enjoy it a lot more so and, and i think the larger cold right. card pool helps as well now uh at the time yep we didn't have as many mm. toys to play with to uh to handle no. what we were facing yeah, that's 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 a really good point. The other thing I would say, and actually this is something that, and I, I worry about Arkham Horror, the card game from this perspective, because I saw it with Dark Souls going from Dark Demon Souls to Dark Souls to Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3. There became an increasing obsession uh, from From Software on the game being hard. Yeah. And so... They, they felt like they had to make the game harder and harder and the bosses had to become tougher and tougher. And that was never what the original game was supposed to be about. And um, in parallel, I worry sometimes a bit about, and I could be wrong about this, that in Arkham Horror, the card game, there is a, there's a pressure to create more complex mm. and more challenging campaigns for the hardcore you know players at the expense of the story and the narrative do you see what i mean so you get to a place where you yeah and i worry i don't know because i've only just started um the shadow of the innsmouth conspiracy i've only done the first scenario um but i worry that um story engagement is being sacrificed on the altar of sort of complexity and difficulty mm. and i don't know whether that's true but i do worry about that well that's something we can unpick as we work through each scenario mm. each um, each campaign um yeah. but yeah i think i agree with you there i i I'm, i prefer the narrative over the complexity of yeah. La- yeah layers of complexity on top of complexity just to to say look what we've done now yeah maybe that's unfair to word it like that but yeah yeah and and i understand that kind of pressure because you know you don't want you know you you want people to 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 feel that refreshment you know something new something different something interesting it can't be the same thing every time but i think if it's if it's just one and not the other I think if you're going to have the gameplay complexity, I think you need to be equally sophisticated with your storytelling. If you're going to go yeah, down yeah. one path, you go down the other as well. Um, so the, the, I mean, they have said all along that you should be able to start any campaign with just the core sets, but that's the worry, isn't it? Yep. That if you make things overly complex, that could put people off who are only just getting into the yeah. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like you say, it you know there's the that that's the interesting thing I think for us because there's obviously there's the scenario we're focused on in a particular episode, but there but there there's then there's how that scenario works within the context of the campaign, and then as we move on, there'll be a meta thing which is how do campaigns operate within the overall you know what i mean and how they're kind of is there a pro, is there some kind of progress in a positive mm. way or a less positive way as we move from dunwich you know uh, and we go through to um to um innsmouth because there's how many now there's dunwich carcosa forgotten age circle dream the six, isn't there? Yes, it's six. Yes, yeah, six plus Zealot. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, by the time we get to Innsmouth, my goodness, by the time we get to Innsmouth, there'll probably be about another 30 of them by then. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going to be doing these every week, obviously. We're probably, it's probably going to be about once a month. So it's going to take us about eight months to get through a, a particular campaign, I would imagine, or just depending True. on how, how often we can get, get together. So, hmm. cool. Cool. Okay. So... Anything else? Uh, no, I don't um, think so. Um, I mean, I like you said, so. um, we're going to be publishing a, an email address or something, so we can, if you, if you, yeah. if you have any, yeah. anything burning you want to say to us that yeah. that you'd like like us to tackle or an angle we'd like to to consider, then please let us know. Um, hopefully, it yeah, sounds yeah, like something yeah. you're interested in. Yeah, yeah, and if we if we get enough volume of of uh, feedback we uh we might you know every couple of weeks we might do a sort of listener feedback segment or something like that if we get um if we get enough of those i guess yeah yeah, um, yeah. Or, or if not uh, we could just tap them onto the beginning of the following episode can't we that's right exactly and obviously we'll um you know i'm sure i'm sure people will be keen to tell us if we've made errors or mistakes and we'll definitely uh, <laughs> include those as people, well. people on the internet don't do that do they <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. People are people are very forgiving on the internet, aren't they? They, uh, I, I mean, it's it's incredible with my uh, with with my YouTube channel. Nobody ever criticizes my gameplay, Kevling. No one ever has ever said anything negative at all. Ever, ever, ever. Nothing to criticize, as far as I can see. <laughs> all right. Well. Um, that's great. Well, I'm very much looking forward to uh, kicking off. So we're going to kick off with 1A, 1B. So we're going to do 1A and 1B together because um, I think you were saying, Kevlin, to me off air that, you know, they're kind of interlinked. So it would make sense to kind of tackle them both together. So we're going to do that next time. Is that right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you can play yeah. them in any order. So there's no natural yes. flow there. So it makes sense. to No. We, we, can, we can pick them both up and, and like you say, each one will impact on the other depending on which way around you play them and so it'd be interesting to explore how that how that actually affects the story yeah yeah and they're relatively short aren't they those first they are, two yes. they're not you know they're not they're not you know hugely long uh scenarios as scenarios go so uh yeah we'll um we'll we'll uh, tackle those uh um in the next episode so thank you thank you very much for uh for for listening uh and um and uh, i'm very much looking forward to to next week so uh um uh yeah i'll see you then bye thank you very much for listening please like comment and subscribe we'd very much like to hear from you if you would like to um send us your thoughts um send it to ftexpodcast at gmail.com that's f T-E-X-T podcast, ftextpodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to this podcast on YouTube. Just go to Out of Ammo, Out of Time, and you will find it there. And it's also available on the usual podcast platforms, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, that kind of thing. So if you want to subscribe, go there. So... Next time, we'll be discussing uh, the first two scenarios, 1A and 1B, of the Dunwich Legacy. And Kevling and I are very much looking forward to having a chat about that one. But until then, thanks very much for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.